0: What's it like to be a pastor during COVID-19? Rev. Andy Casterling talks about missing the halls of her church, but says her congregation is finding ways to stay in touch. Welcome to Faiths Forward, a new podcast about how faith communities are staying connected during this coronavirus pandemic. I'm Tracy Simmons.
1: problem right now in staying connected is that since we are not working along familiar patterns we are now embracing everything we can find not well probably not embracing but certainly trying out and or reading about every way to communicate with your people (laughs) i'm like okay i'm overwhelmed it's official (laughs) there's there's so much out there And if you're going to put it in folders, you're going to be putting stuff in your email folders for the first hour of every day. So that's the bad, good thing that's going on, right?
0: Yeah, it's, it's, you're right. It is a bad, good thing. That's an interesting way to phrase it. Well, it's
1: hugely time consuming and exhausting. I don't think it's a sin for me to admit that after doing ministry, Or whatever 22 years as an ordained minister and then another like 12 as a lay minister you sort of get a groove you have patterns you you know I've been at Westminster long enough that I kind of have a pattern with them and they know me and I know them and I know the people I work with and we have patterns the comfort of the familiar as well as Throwing in new and interesting stuff, but yeah, all that
0: stuff, mm-mm. All gone. It's out the window. Yes. Reverend Casterling, who's more commonly known as Pastor Andy, is the rector of Spokane's oldest church, a graystone in downtown Spokane called Westminster Congregational United Church of Christ.
1: Sure, I miss the live time in worship. I really miss our little choir. Um... I miss walking through the building with a random cup of something and just saying hi to people and checking in, walking on, checking in, walking on, checking in. And I'm like,
0: how are they doing? Yeah, and, of course. Do you think some of the, ch- the changes though are good? I mean, do you think that the church needed to have some of these changes?
1: You know, it's, it's of course, a good thing. And especially church folks are talking about how since they're on Zoom, or facebook live streaming or both all of a sudden the number of people who are popping in or looking at them or joining in a conversation or a worship or a meditation or a 12-step group ping the numbers are up it's like told you so told you so our our rut of comfortableness in live worship and the building and the community that has the time, the energy, the freedom to gather in the building, that's church. Well, (laughs) now we're learning. No, it doesn't have to be church that way. It's probably a good thing to learn.
0: Yeah, but it's not something we want to, we want to adapt these new technologies, but don't want to shift to them forever, right? We want to go back to those buildings. Well, yeah. Yeah,
1: I mean, I know we want to go back to our building, but it's making me think very hard about our um, Facebook live streaming, which we sort of did haphazardly. We did it just for the inside group. We probably should make it a part of our welcome to people who don't come to the building ever. Um, turns out they're out there. They don't wanna to come to the building, but they don't mind popping in and they seem to enjoy it when they can pop in and that includes i mean friends in nebraska who don't currently have a church popped in members who have ended up going far away like we've got a ex-member because she's been living in washington dc for i don't know six years she's coming to everything all of a sudden because she can I'm like jeez
0: yeah it's no longer neighborhood, right? It's, it's right? global.
1: Yeah, and it's been good for anybody who's willing to try it, to discover, to be humbled by the fact that you're not your building, you're not your neighborhood, you're not your city. I mean, Westminster pulls people from Coeur d'Alene, Mead, and all the parts of Spokane. But now it's pulling people from Nebraska, Washington, D.C., Ohio had German friend tell me she came and watched, you know. And I hear that from other folks too that all of a sudden their church is poof, you know, beyond their walls. It's great that way.
0: That is cool. Now, I've seen you. It is cool. I've seen you give uh, a sermon. <laughs> I've seen you give several sermons, and you're very animated. <laughs> You know, I can right, see behind right. the pulpit with your vestments and your, your hands are going and sometimes you walk away from the pulpit. Um, what's it like to, to give a sermon from your house? What's, where do you do it? And are you, Do you find yourself kind of not knowing where to look or are you pulled well, back you, a little bit? Or You
1: know, I'm grateful for Zoom because I can actually look at some of the faces now. Sure, they look like the Brady Bunch, you know, <laughs> those little tiles of faces, but that helps. Because when I was doing it, um, when we were Facebook Live in the church, I was there with like five other people staring into somebody's iPhone. And that was that was unfun. Let's put it that way. But you're right. I, I like to walk around and I like to gesture and I can't do that. I'm standing in front of my screen. I'm in our guest bedroom, which is also the playroom for a five year old. So if I'm not careful, I'll step on Lego. <laughs> so clean that all out and then try and create a frame that is my, my the frame of my computer uh, camera and set a frame that reflects worship. So palms, on Palm Sunday, candle and and scripture, or like last week, it was palms, it was communion elements, it was a lit candle in liturgical colors, but by the way, underneath the covering, you know, the red and the purple fabric and everything, it's a bookshelf with little kids storybooks on it. You just gotta do what you gotta do. <laughs> and that makes it more work. I mean, it's I'm I'm trying not to be whiny, but everything it feels like almost everything has to be created fresh. Yeah. And and I'm asking a lot of work of other people in the church. I mean, our current church moderator is very comfortable with technology. It was her career. So when this all happened, she became our Zoom moderator as well. Well, if she does that every Sunday, when does she get to worship? You know, so it's a it's a consideration
0: you have to take care of
1: your people. You know.
0: Yeah, and I, I imagine there are certain people at Westminster that you're keeping in touch with, like your moderator, because you you have to you have to coordinate how Sunday's going to go. How are you keeping in touch with the people who sit in the back pew?
1: It's hard. About three weeks ago, as this was amping up, I asked our co-chairs of the diaconate to work with me on creating a sort of digital deacons list. So we have about eight deacons and I asked them to take especially, but to take uh, the time to make a list of anybody who we thought might need regular contact, who's isolated, who's homebound, who might find this uh, particularly hard. And that's one way because I don't, I don't do that, walking around the church with the cup of something on Sunday or popping in on board and committee meetings and just checking in on people meeting them in hallways meeting them for real cups of coffee somewhere we have to do it all virtually so they're helping me a lot by doing regular check-in with people who are isolated um people who are homebound some of our folks who are not quote unquote traditionally homebound because they're not ancient or something but they are medically compromised. And they're they're just like pulling their hair out. So those calls are also good for that reason. Give you somebody to talk to. But we're doing trustees and deacons and church council, all the regular quote unquote business of the church digitally on Zoom. We can't meet in our building and we can't rent our building, so we're losing money.
0: Speaking of your building, it's, it's yeah, you're right. It's, it's usually, you know, on Sundays it's bustling and throughout the bustling. week you have, um, I, I think you have like a poetry group and a Bible study. And um,
1: we've got two different renters that are children's ministries that run through the building three or four days a week. Mm-hmm. Well, actually three groups, there's Lego League kids. There's the kids of Spokane Youth Choirs. And then the kids of Spokane Youth Symphony. And then we have close step groups, three of those. And a women's chorus, which is like 40 women once a week. Yeah, so besides the groups in the church that do stuff, you know, that are church members, church interest groups. So, I was down there the other day, in fact, today, and it's cold because the heat's been turned way down, and it's all dark, and it's just so weird, so empty,
0: dark. Yeah, it's like the building was what brought all those groups together, and because they're not necessarily part of Westminster, they're probably not in touch, and they're doing their own thing digitally somehow, and... Well, you know, music is
1: hard to do digitally. I mean, choral music, unless you're really high powered, I guess it's nightmarishly hard on Zoom. Youth Symphony, they can't meet, they can't meet. Um, choirs cannot meet, they spit germs at each other as they sing together, they just it's just not safe. I think everybody knows the terrible story of the choir in uh, the Seattle area
0: yeah. So yeah, I'm
1: just not able to
0: do it. Yeah. Sad. It's sad. What What's happening with your church interest groups? The Bible studies and the I think you had like a book club. Yeah. Um, do you know if they're yeah. meeting independently right now, digitally, <laughs> so our, or
1: our book club is what I would consider a nice group of little old ladies. They're all learning how to Zoom. It's awesome, um, and they're determined to keep up because they would meet once a month, books and salads and they're going to do the books and have the salad right there and eat and talk, you know, there's some stuff like that we're just going to do like today. In a couple hours. When the moderator of Zoom has created our uh, Wednesday night cocktail hour just to have people get together touch base. You could be drinking water. You could be drinking a Manhattan. It doesn't matter. Just look at each other's faces. Um, plenty of folks are trying to do the right thing and isolate, you know. And plenty of folks either have uh, one person or live alone. And, gosh, to just get together and chat, you know, is great. So we do business. We do fun and games. My Bible study has been going on Zoom. We're doing midday worship with art and music and silence and prayer. And no, it's not the same, but it's
0: working. It's working. That's good. It's really neat to see all the different creative things that churches, churches are doing. to. Because you're right. We do, I think if we just have the Brady Bunch Zoom calls all the time, that's gonna yeah. get a little old. So it's good that people are trying to think of different ways to bring people in to these digital so, spaces.
1: Have you tried using the breakout rooms yet? You've been doing it with your students? A little bit, yeah. A little bit, yeah. And I was at a Spokane Alliance meeting where they to put us into breakouts. And it seemed to work really well. I, I I don't know how to do it, but Jim is very eager to figure it out. And the our zoom moderator has figured it out. So we last Sunday, we did um, like we would do downstairs in our social hall, the breakout rooms were five or six people. And we said, this is your coffee table to talk at. Because we usually sit around tables and have a cup of coffee and chat. And this Sunday, before worship, we would have had our big brunch. And so I told people to show up at nine thirty and they'll be invited into a breakout room. And I said, Bring your favorite Easter dish on a plate with you, eat and talk to people before worship like we would have done anyway. You know, I mean Jim and I'll probably have toast. <laughs> but but usually it was a big feast, you know, and I said, You don't we don't have to give it all up. You don't have to, it's different, it's different. I will say this, some of our, like for instance, one homebound lady in a wheelchair with a service animal never gets out, way too many difficulties in getting from her place to our place in a wheelchair in a timely fashion on Sunday morning. I'm seeing a ton of her, she's on Zoom. She's got access to everything, and she's like having a blast. Oh, that's great. Yeah, it is. It's pretty interesting. Who shows up?
0: Yeah. <laughs> What's it like to offer pastoral care right now? Are you able to do individual meetings with people, or or I know you can't touch people, and that's probably yeah. hard.
1: <laughs> For me, I'm such a touchy-feely person. I really miss hugging people. But the discipline of focusing on somebody that's something you need to do whether it's on zoom or coffee cup or walk in you know through manito you still have to focus yourself on that person and what they need so in a way that hasn't changed a lot except that it's not as easy to uh, i mean i think i've got one or you people have said hey can i talk to you but not as much as I would expect.
0: And you seek pastoral care as well, right? Spiritual advice. Yeah, or?
1: yeah. It's kind of nice in that. Uh, another one of the surprising benefits of this crazy time is that the UCC is pretty thin in the Northwest. So I'm it in Spokane, and then there's one in Spokane Valley, and we're all very busy, and most people are part time, but now we get together by zoom because our conference minister created a meeting for us and i have seen more of my colleagues in the last couple of weeks and i love it it's like even if all we do is pull out our hair together and say i can't get zoom to work right so many of them that i never i mean i see them once a year right and it's like oh there they are oh that's so great you know. All these conversations, who would have thought? So that's a surprising
0: gift. That's great. So even though you're focused on trying to create community and worship for your church, you're able to find your community also.
1: Yeah. And one of the interesting things is that there's hardly anybody for whom they could say, this is not a struggle for me. And sometimes ministers are a little careful about allowing themselves to be vulnerable. Or they're a little reticent to show their weakness. And we get on these Zoom meetings and we're like, I spent yesterday crying. (laughs) Or somebody will say, my church service on Zoom sucked. (laughs) We're like, oh, wow. Is there anything we can do to help with that? So that's <laughs> that's been kinda nice. Have that yeah. sounding
0: board. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's really good. Mm-hmm. Pastor Andy is married to Reverend Jim Casherling, who leads a church in Colville, Washington, Callville United Church of Christ, which is about seventy-five miles northwest of Spokane. Now you um you live with a pastor. <laughs> <laughs> so you you know, some like you mentioned some of your congregation lives alone. Um, You don't live alone. So what's it like right now living with, I'm sure it's an experience that most of us can't relate to living in a two-pastor house, but especially right right now, would you guys have kind of sacred spaces set up in different rooms or?
1: So yeah, so I have the only room with a door that shuts on the main floor where our
0: Wi-Fi is best.
1: So talking to you, I shut that door. I have both privacy and he can carry on doing what he is doing at the other end of the hall in his office, which doesn't have a door. We took it down a long time ago. We didn't think we needed it. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> but I would say that it's been hard to have private or personal professional boundaries. We'll end up talking about what's going on, how we're doing on Zoom, how we're getting ready for Easter, how we're feeling overwhelmed by technological glitches or learning curves, and it's all day, every day. And we're struggling with that. I literally, unless it's raining, which it was last week, I literally got out on Sunday morning and took a walk. Because I can't, I'm usually alone Sunday morning. He goes off, and then I have a couple hours. And he didn't have the time he needed and was buzzing around sort of like an irritating fly. <laughs> and I thought, I'm not ready. So I just took a walk. And if it's half decent, we take a break in our day, and we both go out and walk. We do end up talking about work. But the other day we took a walk and I said, shh, shh, you cannot talk about work? You can only tell me what you see outside.
0: And that shut him down. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I mean, that's your whole world. Right? It's everyone's whole world right now, right? It's either the news or work. Yeah.
1: So. Yeah, and it is. It's a constant stream of information about the world and the pandemic and processing that. And processing all the input from local uh, need and local sources, local sharing, all the way through our Pacific Northwest conference. Our national leaders are weighing in. In one sense, there's an abundance of resources, and even that can be unexpectedly consuming. Yeah, it's. It's tricky it's really tricky right now
0: yeah definitely but you do have some good exciting news in your life you just had a new grandbaby.
1: yes and everybody's like oh have you seen the baby can you see the baby well the family's isolating so their only contact is with us and so yes we get to see the baby and yes I get to hold the baby and yes I get to hope that his sister's not going to squish him because she's five and she's enthusiastic but yeah even that's a little odd because you know they want to show off their baby and the only thing they can do is say here he is on facebook i i think well maybe i shouldn't speak for them but the whole celebration of a baby is um, sort of sharing the baby around you might not literally pass the baby hand to hand a church, but you would take the baby to church, you know, and the and the congregation would ooh and on, ah and get excited, and they can't do any of that. They can't do any of that. I used to think Facebook was a royal pain in the butt, but it's also an outlet now, more than ever.
0: Yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah.
1: yeah, new lease on life on life for Facebook. I I've been noticing how lots of people went off Facebook. You know, goodbye friends, I'm leaving Facebook forever. I can't stand it, it's too vitriolic. Goodbye friends, I'm getting off Facebook for Lent. Goodbye friends, I need peace and less stimulation. And all of a sudden, hi, <laughs> I'm back because I'm so
0: lonely and I need to connect somehow. So that was interesting, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah That's. De- I've seen that too, uh-huh. definitely, yep. Right, okay. <laughs> Easter is, is um. You know, a time of hope. Um, what, what words of, of hope and optimism do you, do you have right now for our listeners? <laughs> Hopefully that we have some. <laughs> well, of course,
1: it's the week. You know, it's Holy Week. And awash in the stories and the images, a lot of which are very sorrowful and um, bleak. You know, a time of betrayal and suffering and loss and death and certainly when i was younger i wanted to jump over all of that straight to easter and i think easter is crucially important for that that balance if you will or that that sort of um, final word against all those words of sadness and sorrow and suffering and loss however this year and i i believe all that i really believe that easter is a resounding answer of joy and life. But a conference minister, bless his heart, has mentioned this week, and I've been noticing this week, that when Easter dawned, the first thing that happened is that they found an empty tomb. It was empty. And there's that sense of a lot of things are still empty. Our churches are going to be empty. Our relationships are emptied out of close touch. and So many things that we hunger for. Our downtowns are empty. The highways are empty. And It's strange, and it's sad, and it's scary. And the answer of Easter is that, that emptiness is not the last thing, but it's there, it's part of the story too. So, and I don't know how far I can go with that because I know people wanna be happy (laughs) on Easter. I wanna be happy on Easter, you know? but i cannot deny the fact that we're in a weird time of emptiness loss mary says mary says to the disciples they took his body he's lost (laughs) you know and we i think we feel it we've lost we've lost our bars and our symphony and our movies and our networks of friends and we lost the baby shower and we lost you know we've lost 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 lost. easter is something to anticipate and the other thing about easter and i've always loved this about easter jesus is not very recognizable so especially in the in the gospel stories you know like uh, John's Gospel says, Mary turns around and says, Oh, are you the gardener? What would you do with this body? Let me have it. And Jesus is like, Yoo-hoo. Easter, resurrection, this new transformed life. <laughs> it's not like the old one. It's not even recognizable, maybe. We may not recognize our planet after this. I know there are people who say, oh, well, we'll just go back to business. I wonder. I kind of hope not. Anyway, it's different. I get that. I get that life is different on the other side of resurrection. And it may take a while to
0: recognize
1: it. But that's me. I'm hopeful.
0: No, I love that. It's beautiful. And the emptiness mm-hmm. is impermanent.
1: Yep, but we better admit it's there. We have to admit it's there.
0: Indeed, this will be an Easter Sunday like none other. But perhaps something new and good is waiting for us at the end of all of this. That was a conversation with Pastor Andy Kasterling of Westminster, UCC. Please let your friends know about Faves Forward, this new podcast produced by SpokaneFaves.com. That's Spokane, FAVS.com. In between episodes, be sure to check out our website where there's lots more content about faith and ethics, as well as information about becoming a sponsor of this project. Thanks for listening, stay safe, keep the faith, and we'll see you next time.